This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Happy Father's Day from 98.7 ESPN and your tri-state Acura dealers. Precision-crafted performance for exceptional lease and finance offers. Visit Acura.com today. Hour number three of our Sunday short ray, 1-800-919-3776. By the way, programming note, Pat O'Keefe will join you tonight at 6 o'clock. Pat O'Keefe will give you updates. We'll get his thoughts on the Knicks, covered them all season. Uh, as part of our pregame, halftime, and postgame coverage, did the same thing with the Rangers. So I'm sure he's got some interesting thoughts on the Knicks and Rangers. A little winter sports on this Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to you, Pat O'Keefe. I know he's a busy man as well. He's 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 lunching this afternoon, guys, before coming into work. So, Pat, have have a fun show tonight. He's going to be good, and he'll also keep you updated on what's going on with the with the Yankees as they have their second half of their day night doubleheader. They're doing pretty good in the first half of the day night doubleheader, as you heard in the update. Let's talk to you more on the phones at one 3776 Also, you can weigh in on Twitter at hardest to ESPN at ESPNNY. 98 underscore 7 FM. Uh, Artie's in Brooklyn. Artie, you're next on 98.7. Hey, uh, how's it going, though? Oh, my God, I'm, I'm blanking out here. Um, happy Father's Day to everybody. All right, um, Artie. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm losing my mind here. That's all right, I was thought, I was Hang in there. Like, I, was, I was thinking of Larry, yes. I was thinking about Beal and that your question, would Beal make the Knicks better? And he would definitely make them better. If you could somehow trade uh, Randall straight up for Beal, and I know you said that, that I don't know how much, I don't know if you could get him for that, but Beal does make a lot of money. Maybe the Wizards want to get rid of that contract. And if you think about it, Larry, right, one of our weaknesses is shooting, is the shooting the three. And if you could put Toppin in Randall's spot, are you going to get Randall's numbers? No. But a combination of Beal and Toppin, compared to Randall and whoever you have at the shooting guard right now does make you a better team as far as the way the game is played. And, and yeah, Beal is making a lot of money and he doesn't play games. But I think at this point, you've got to take some kind of chance, whether it be Zion. You're not going to get the perfect guy. Listen, you could, the first call I would make was to Dallas and see what it would take to get um, Luka in here. Mm-hmm. And even, no matter how, what the price is, I would do that. But I don't think they're trading him. But that's the kind of call. Or you go to Milwaukee, you try to get the Greek freak in here, the same thing. Maybe LB, you try to get try to get him. After that, I think Beal is their next option. All right, Larry, thanks for taking the call. I'm sorry, man, I blanked out for a second. That's all right, Artie. You know I, love I know right. you do, Artie. I didn't take it personally, my friend. Enjoy your Father's Day. Thanks for the phone call. 1-800-919-3776. I, I hear what you're saying about Beal. But my major concern is his availability, okay? He, he, he hasn't, he, he's missed so many games. You know, he has. He's just missed a lot of games. And so, and, and understand this. You're really dealing from a position of weakness if you're the Knicks. I mean, come on, let's be honest. I mean, can, can we talk for a second? I mean, what, what, what are you sending people? Evan Fournier? And a bunch of draft picks. Are you sending them Julius Randle? People don't. Come, come close to your smart device. Come close to the radio. You th- who do you think in the league wants Julius Randle? Come on, let's be honest. Be honest. He fits what the Knicks do. 
But more and more, you're watching teams get away from ISO ball. How many teams are really playing ISO ball right now? I mean, let's be honest. How many teams are really playing ISO ball? Not a bunch. Not a lot. And so, as I said earlier, uh, a good friend of mine, we're talking uh, during the week about you know, Julius Randle and possibly moving him and whatnot. Because here's the other thing, and we'll talk about that in a second, but it's going gonna, it's gonna to have to be, it's not a one team. It's going to have to be a three-team deal. If you're gonna, it's got to be a multiple-team deal. Because nobody's going to take, I don't, I don't think, I'm not going to say nobody, but I don't think teams are going to go one-on-one say, okay, you give me Randall, I'll give you that. I don't think so. He's not viewed that highly. Okay, around the league. He fits what the Knicks do. Right? He, he works for them. 25 and 10, he works for them. As the best slash second best player scorer on the team. That works. Him and Brunson, they work. But if you want to pick up that pace and try to do something consistent and have ball movement and stuff like that, it, it, it's hard. It's hard. I, I, so I don't know that you're going to get what you think you're going to get, right? Now, personally, me, as a Nick fan, I like the dream. I would love Ananobi of, of, up in Toronto. I like a 3 and D guy. I think that's what they need. You know, that that's just me. But I don't think that they're going to get, I don't think they're going to get him because what do they have to get him with? And draft, draft picks are, you know, to some teams, they're sexy. They're great. But a team that's building that wants a lot of draft picks is not going to take a guy like Julius Randle because they're trying to build. They're not trying to get a salary like that. Not. 1-800-919-3776. Xavier's in Short Hill. Xavier, you're next on 98.7. Larry, how you doing today? Happy Father's Day. Thanks. Same to you if it applies. All right. I, I totally agree with the caller before Joe. Hard to make trades. Hard to get an A player. All right. Let's say the Knicks put Randall and Barrett out there and no one takes them and it doesn't make a lot of sense. I know that you're kind of a little bit of an Obi Toppin fan, but we're at the end of Obi Toppin for him having value to the Knicks franchise. He's going into his fourth year. And if Randall's still here, chances are he's going to get blocked. They're just not going to play he and Randall together. So would you, knowing that Hart has to be resigned quickly, Grimes, they might have to be resigned. Would you put Toppin at six, seven million? together with Fournier's expiring, 19, and then you would have ex- essentially expiring $25 million to a different team. Would you go to a team that's a younger team that needs talent, that plays fast, that plays a lot of offense, which is what Toppin is, and even though you can't improve the team on the top end with an A player, you could then get someone into the nine-man rotation you're talking something around $20, 25000000 million of bringing another player back, and now you have strength in your team in the short run. Of course, like management would have to understand, you know, what the money ramifications are and how you're laying this out. But if you want to get something out of Toppin, and he's not really going to play if Randall's still there, why not put those two guys together on the bottom end and see if you can get a quality guy for your nine-man rotation? 
Yes, I would do that tomorrow. I would do that tomorrow. Xavier, where do you? Yeah, I would do it tomorrow. Thanks. Yep, thanks for the phone call. I would do it tomorrow. Because at least then I, I can try to get, I can maneuver something there. Because let's face it, okay? Here's the other thing that you have to remember is this is that year that in previous places, Tibbs has really started to wear out his welcome. It's that fourth year. It's that year where you get tired of hearing, you know, the, your name yelled at in the deep voice, over, over, over. You get tired, you're starting, to, you're starting to wear out with that. You know, the yelling, the, 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 the long minutes, it starts to wear. Teams, when he gets, and listen, he may change. I hope he does. As a Nick fan, I hope, I hope it changes. But history tells me that this is the year that you kind of wear down on. So this is a big year for him, too, because he's got a five-year deal. You're not trying to go into the fifth year as a, with a, as a lame duck coach. Nobody wants to do that. Nobody. So that might be the move, short move, that you could make, that you could have an adjustment and then maybe get something later. It's a good call. 1-800-919-3776. More of your calls next on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, U.S. Open fans, I tell you this. If you're betting on um, Ricky Fowler, he says this is the best he's felt in his career. He and Wyndham Clark sit atop the leaderboard with Rory McIlroy, Scotty Schiffler, and company right behind them as the U.S. Open continues a little bit later today. So uh, we'll keep you updated here on 98.7 ESPN where this leaderboard update was brought to you by your Tri-State Accurate Dealers. Precision crafted performance for exceptional lease and finance offers. Visit Accurate.com. Also brought to you by our friends at Pinehurst Resort. At Pinehurst, it is someone's U.S. Open every day. Visit Pinehurst.com to plan your stay right now. 1-800-919-3776. Back to the phones we go. Let's chat with uh, Sal in Brooklyn. Sal, you're next on 98.7. Larry, good afternoon, my good man. How are you? Salvador, how are you, my friend? Happy, happy I'm Father's doing Day. very well, thank you. Very well. Hey, you know what? Here's the beauty of sports talk. We're all GMs. <laughs> and again, in, in everybody's opinion, so you get rid of Fournier, so you get rid of Obi, Grimes, Quigley. It's not like if you're losing the prime players on this team, and I know backups and role players have their roles. You can get Bradley Beal. You don't pass that chance up. And I know you're talking about availability, but think about it. He's playing for the Wizards. They stink. Is he really putting his body out there on the line on a team that's only winning 20 games? You bring him over here with with, with Brunson in the backcourt, and now at least you have something that they don't have in the playoffs, a scorer, a true scorer. You'll find those other role players to go along with that. And if you're saying it's only money, it's not my money. The Knicks can make room for that. Trust me, my brother. Uh, that kid Joe had it on point. Unless you're going to get the Greek freak, Luke is not going nowhere. The big guy in Philly might want to leave, but you can go get a Bradley Beal, man. You do it. I'm not worried about his availability because, trust me, when his fire is lit, that guy's good for 30 a night with his eyes closed, man. And with him and Brunson in the backcourt, the Knicks lost because Mitch Robinson and Hornestein got bullied by the Heat and they didn't punch back. So you got a guy like my man Peels, 
they're going to do. So they, they can make the move. And they're not, they're not dealing from weakness. Mm-hmm. They're dealing from strength because now you're taking that money off the books from Washington for them to know they can grow a certain way without being tied down to a contract and they're still going to be a stagnant team going nowhere. So I don't see it from weakness, my brother. I truly see it from strength on my side. But like I said, we're all GMs in this game, mm-hmm. and we'll see what happens come, come, come the start of the season. Larry, always a pleasure talking to you, my brother. Save Have a yourself. great day. Good talking to you, my friend. Good talking to you. Listen, <laughs> I would love to have Bradley Beal. I'm not saying that he's not a talented guy. I know what Bradley Beal can do. We've had the discussions before he signed. Remember, we were talking about I mean, people were like, I don't want Bradley Beal. I want to keep R.J. Barrett. You know, so so remember, we we've been down this road before. So there's no question about his talent. My only concern is, and Sal, I hear what you're saying. Maybe, you know, for a team that's not winning, he's not trying to come back early and, and really rush push himself to come back and get back from help, get back from you know, from his injury and whatnot. You might be right. It's human nature. I get it. Would he be an addition to the team? Absolutely. But I just, I, I'm just concerned about, you know, that 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 availability. I'm concerned. It's it, it's you know. And what am I what am I giving up for him? Okay. And will there be enough left? You know, will there be enough left to con- to contend with? I mean, you know. It's not like he's a free agent. Look, if he's a free agent, it's a different it's a different discussion. Cuz then it's just money. But I don't know. I don't know. Dave's in Jersey City. What's up, Dave? Um, thank you. Happy Father's Day to you, Mr. Harsey. Thank you, Dave. Um, to you as well if it applies. The the player, I think the player I want for the Knicks I, is is Chris Milton. I think he's number 1. And that's and and I see I see my time. Everybody enjoy their Father's Day. All right, Dave. Thanks. I would love to have Chris Middleton too, but Chris Middleton, he's a restricted free agent, if memory serves me correct. So that means that even if you sign him, Milwaukee can come back and counter that offer. So the only thing you can really do to hurt Milwaukee is to is to roll the dice and we gonna offer him so much money that we don't think Milwaukee's going to match. But he would be a nice addition. He gives you scoring in the front court, uh, three point score. Now, if if you're still, if Randall's still on the team, um, that's an interesting thing, because he he if he's still on the team, it helps you rebound. Then eh, Randall can still rebound. Yeah, eh. yeah I, I can see where you have Middleton. Obviously, he's a better scorer. Obviously, he can hit the three. He's suffered from a little injuries over the past couple of years, but I just don't see Milwaukee letting him go. I think I think Milwaukee's going to re-sign him. They're going to bring him back. They're going to try to run it back. I mean, they're they're, you know, they have although they've got some folks they got to reconsider because Brooke Lopez is a free agent on that team. Middleton's a free agent. Uh, these have been stalwarts into them really surrounding Giannis with talent to try to keep them together. So. Uh, Chris Milton would be a nice addition. There's no question about it. Uh, do I think he's coming here? No, because I think I think Milwaukee's going to be signing. Uh, Tommy's in Connecticut. What's up, Tommy? Good afternoon. Happy Father's Day, Larry. Same to you, Tommy. What's going on? Uh, you just 
you know, when you were asking guys to, to come up with, you know, stories and whatnot yeah. about moments, but I just, my dad, the amount of time that he sacrificed driving me to AAU baseball tournaments all over the state of Connecticut. Mm-hmm. I just remember all the car rides home, you know, probably listening to John Sterling and Michael on the radio back in the day, mm-hmm. you know, listening to Yankee. It's just, you just got to appreciate that stuff when you when you look back on it. Absolutely. And then, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, super important. And then as far as the Yankees go, um, I was listening to Anita yesterday, and she was kind of ragging on Judge's contract. And I, I'm sure you you know you've seen some of the numbers. You know the splits between when he's in the lineup and when he's not. Mm-hmm. This guy is he's. He's unbelievably important. Like, as far as most valuable player, I don't think it's even close. I mean, Shohei is amazing, but the amount of protection that he provides for Rizzo and Stanton and what he does in the field, it, it's, it's, it's just a, I don't know, it's a blessing to get to watch a player like that, you know? Yeah, it is. I hear what you're saying. Uh, thanks for the phone call and, your, and sharing your memories. There was a stat that uh, Brian Hoke, who covers the Yankees, has done it for a number of years, uh, who put up on Twitter maybe about an hour or so ago. And um, I think he's he had on there, since Judge has been out in June, I think it's June 4th, the Yankees are hitting something like 206. And their on-base percentage, the OPS is like, pfft, I'm not even going to, and I'm not even going to hurt your feelings, Yankee fans, to tell you what it was. Okay, that, that's how low it is. There's no question that in this lineup for this team, he is he's an MVP. He's essential. They, they need him. They have no other options. <laughs> Nobody else is performing like him. And when he's not in the lineup, the batters who could give you production, like a Rizzo, like a Torres, even though he homered today in this so far in this game, uh, they're not getting the pitches. Because why would I pitch to them? I, I, I have they have to hit pitchers' pitches because Judge is not in the lineup. Okay, so he makes a difference. There's no question about it. Is it a lot of money? Well, to be honest, no, not for what he brings to the table. In my opinion, it's not. He 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 is right now. And Otani is doing something different, so I can't really, you know, with him pitching and playing in the field. I mean, on the field, he's making a contribution every single. I, I can't really, you know, you can't really compete with that. <laughs> okay, that's a different, that's a whole different subject. All right, but uh, he's the best player in baseball right now. He is. He is. He's tremendous. Nobody. He has such an impact on his team. It's 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 measurable. That's how it is. It's measurable. Yankees holding on to that two nothing lead over Boston as they bat in the top of the third. Mets trailing St. Louis five two as they bat in the bottom of the second. Lindor has gone deep. We'll continue with your conversation and phones on and phones next on ninety eight seven ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. Happy Father's Day from 98.7 ESPN. And, of course, your Tri-State Acura dealers, precision-crafted performance for exceptional lease and finance offers. Visit Acura.com 
today. Taking your phone calls until 3 at 1-800-919-3776. Talking a little basketball right now. Uh, let's go to Joe and Brewster. Joe, you're next on 98.7. Hey, Larry. Pleasure to speak with you. Um, I I don't want to see the Knicks uh, sell the farm to to, to get a, a quote-unquote star that's you know, not going to get him a championship, let alone out of the East. Uh, I'd like to see him keep this core together. Now, most of the players, um, um, they had very little playoff experience, so I'd like to let them grow. And then when a star becomes available in free agency, much like they did with Jalen Brunson, um, th- then sign one. And also, there, there are some free agents available um, this year, like a, like a Strauss uh, or a, or a Grant from Portland, uh, maybe they can sign one of those guys to you know get them some better outside shooting, which they really need. And you know I I just want to let this team grow and develop, you know much like Miami's doing. A lot of the successful teams it seems are are, are just growing within their organization and not reaching for for stars everywhere they can and starting all over again with it with another group. So that, that's just my feelings on it. I hear you, Joe. Thanks for the phone call. That would not be, uh, I would be, I've always been kind of intrigued with Jeremy Grant, right? Uh, Because in theory, he's a guy that can shoot the basketball well. He he is kind of a three and D guy. He's not, uh, he doesn't have the range from three that you would like. He's a mid-range guy. He's a guy who uh, can give you some rebounds. So he's he's a nice piece. He would be a nice piece for your team uh, as a free agent. Um, but I'm not sure what his salary would be at this point. Uh, but he is somebody I would consider. So yeah, I, I could. See, he would be a nice piece. And then, especially if you're going to move, um, you know, somebody else from your your front court, uh, let's say move a top in or somebody like that. Yeah, if you were going to do something of that nature, I would consider it. I sure would. Buddha's in the Bronx. What's up, Buddha? Hey, Uncle, how you doing? Happy Father's Day to you, man. Happy Father's Day to you as well, my friend. Hey, yeah, and you know, and tomorrow, happy Juneteenth as oh, well. Yes. That's right. Throw that in there, yeah. That's right. Um, you know, the Knicks conversation, for me, I know it's just always interesting. You know, like I said, you know, I, I like the Knicks, but they're not my team. But, I, you know, when I look from the outside looking in, those four guys, I mean, Beal to me would be the most – Intriguing, the one that I would want the ball. Yeah, you know, I, I think Dave Love is too small. Zion Wilson, I'm not trying to hit with the ball. And uh, Zach Levine, I mean, he, he, he's not the kind of player that you're going to want. And I hit the tips that, that looks like a marriage day to hell. And he has bad knees. You know, you don't want him. He's probably the easiest one to get. But I, you wouldn't want him, and I would trade away. I don't think it would be. That's a lateral. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That, that's a lateral. Absolutely. But um, that would be. Yeah, he has that no trade thing going on. If you're him, why are you going to go to the Knicks over the Miami Heat or the Phoenix Suns? I don't even think that the Knicks are going to have to worry about what they're going to have to give up to get him. I don't think that that's going to go to go. There's a couple of things that are working against the Knicks. You know, first of all, like the coach, you discussed it, you know, is coming up to close to his fifth year. One of the things that if I'm looking at, if I'm his bosses later on, you know, we don't get to where we need to go. I'm be upset with you. It's like, look, you went. Uh, you know, Bully, you're dropping out. You got to call us back. We're, we're losing you on the. You're in the bad. Uh, 
bad, bad uh, sell spot there, so we can't get you. But I hear what you're saying about Beal. He does have – he's one of the few players in the NBA that has a no-trade clause. Can you imagine that? So that's going to take a little, you know, you want to go to the Knicks? No. <laughs> you know, even if the team – even if the Wizards want him to come here, he could say no, and that deal is done. I'm curious as to where – is. it's supposed to be Miami is, is – can you imagine him with the Heat? Supposed to be Miami is possibly there from from different sources that he's the lead. This the lead team there, um, but I'm not sure. I don't know. I, I still think if I'm if I'm uh, Washington, I'm trying to send him west if I could. I don't want to see him in my own division. I'm just saying, I really don't. I, I I'd rather have him go out west somewhere. I'm not trying to see him. I'm not trying to face him game after game after game. <laughs> I see him a lot. It's not what I want to do, you know. So we'll see what happens there. But uh, and Buddha's back. Let's let's hear what Buddha's got to say. All right, Buddha. Hope you're in a better spot. Yeah, yeah. Sorry about that. I was on the highway. No, what I was saying is like with the guy like Fournier. He has no value. Right. But you know, part of that is the coach's fault. You have to play guys. I mean, like a few minutes. What am I like? If, if I'm another team, I'm going to say to you, all right, look, this guy, he can't play for you. You think I'm gonna I'm gonna take him back in a deal for for something substantial? So the Knicks really have like four real movable assets, uh, different styles of players. You got uh, Mitchell Robinson. I could see a team that just needed a rim protector. You know, the guy who's gonna play 15, 20 minutes could take him. Uh, R.J. Barrett. When I looked at Michael Porter Jr. the way he played in the finals, a team that's like a winning team, I could see them like R.J. Barrett. See what the Knicks' problem with Barrett is? They needed him to be like a, a number one or a number two. And he only is like a three, but for a good team, you know what I'm saying? You know, they're like, look, he can be quickly and OB topping. You know, you can, those are the four people that, that you can take. Julius Randle, and there's nothing else that you have on that team. Hardenstein and, and, um, and Robinson, that's a wash. And I might even like Hardenstein a little bit better because he can hit a free throw. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and um, so, you know, those are the guys that you would want to give up. But when I look at the, when you look at what's out here, like you said, if you can't get Beal, you're not getting you're not getting Dame Lillard. Zion I'm not touching, Zach Levine I'm not touching. It doesn't make sense. Maybe Paul George if you could get him without giving up a lot, you know, because he has he's he's old and he has injury problems as well. So, you know, they know that they can't ask for too too much for him. But he can't play defense and hit a three-pointer. You know, I don't know how he will work with Tibbs, you know, with that um, player thing, you know, uh, not playing every other day. I don't know how that would work. But I don't see the guy that could really take the Knicks over the top to make them a real contender in the East being available right now anyway. So yeah. you might not want to, you know, give up too much. Maybe next year is the time. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, Buddha. Thanks for the phone call. Um, and that goes back to what one of the other callers mentioned, you know, making – updating, moving a couple of folks, getting some more roster depth and running it back and then seeing how far you go this year with it. And then after this year, okay, we got to do something. And maybe that we got to do something means that part of it involves, depending on how you went, a decision on what you're doing with, with Tibbs because he would be going into his fifth and final year of the contract. So if we make the, we make an adjustment at the end, the bottom of the roster, we do what we need to do. 
we run it back. We see how far we go. We know everybody else is improving in our division and conference. And we can go as far as we go. And then we look, the free agent crop for next year may be better. We have more answers about the team we have here. And we have answers about what we're going to do with, uh, with, with our head coach. Are we bringing him back? Are, did we extend him? Are we extending him? What are we doing? So this is a, this is a very important year. For the future of this Nick team, these next two seasons, next two off seasons are going to be very important for this Nick team going forward. Because you can see that a couple of the moves they've made are putting them on the right track. They're on the right track to get better. All right? They're on the right track. Did they overachieve this year? Possibly. I think the addition of Josh Hart put them in the right, put them on the spot where they could because of his play off the bench and how that bench played and how they, you know, worked together. It got them to an, an, the next level that they were able to get by a Cleveland team and face a very physical and really talented team in Miami. Okay, even without Hero. So they were a talented team. And once again, when I say team, they play so well together. Everybody knows their roles. Everybody fits well. Everybody, they, just, they just played well. They lost to Denver because of size. And, and they're shooting. You, you know, you live by the three, you die by the three. And the only way that they were going to beat Denver is to live by the three. And they had to live by the three, and that three had to be, you know, really, really good for them. Otherwise, it was, you know, it was, they were going to lose because they just couldn't compete with the height and, and the talent of what Denver has. So the matchup was a bad matchup for them. Styles make fights. Denver had the wrong style. <laughs> it's the bottom line. That was the difference here. 1-800-919-3776. St. Louis has extended their lead. It's now 6-4 over the Mets as the Mets bat in the bottom of the third. Yankees holding on to their 2 nothing lead up in Fenway. First of a day-night doubleheader. Take more of your calls next on 9870 ESPN. This is the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN at ESPNNY98 underscore 7 FM. Well, uh, once again, I started the show talking about the plight of both local baseball teams, right? And I mentioned as far as the Mets were concerned that all I needed for them to do, it wasn't a matter of World Series. We're not talking about World Series. We're not talking about playoffs. All we're talking about right now for the Mets, all we're talking about is playing good baseball up until the All-Star break. And good baseball for me is hitting well, pitching well, fielding well, and not making mistakes, doing and performing the way you're supposed to perform, playing winning baseball. And part of that was, once again, your starters giving you some length, taking some pressure off your bullpen, okay? Fielding well, doing the little things. And unfortunately, so far in this first game, 
with the today the Cardinals and Mets. In this game today, uh, errors, bad base running play, uh, not getting into, not going deep with the rotation, the starter. I mean, you know, once again, because of partially, because of the fielding and errors that were made. You know, the Mets have gone to the bullpen, and we're in the fourth inning. So once again, you're looking at 18, 15, 18 outs that this t- that the bullpen's got to get for you. Hold it close. Right? Hold it close. Stop it right there. And hopefully get you a win as the offense comes alive. Right? And come back and win this game against a St. Louis Cardinals team that's totally been bad. They've underachieved all year. This is... People, I, most baseball aficionados are shocked at the way that the Cardinals have played this year. And rightfully so. They've just not looked good. They, they've not. So, once and once again, this is an issue that early on, early on, this Met team has faced. They have lost to teams that they should beat. Okay? They've lost to Oakland. They've lost to Colorado. They've lost to teams they should beat. So, We'll see. This game is far from over. And it's not like they're losing 14 to 1. It is 6 4. It is top of the fourth. Peter Alonso's back in the lineup. Francisco Lindor's gone deep. So they've, Brandon Nimmo's got a couple of RBI hits. So the offense looks good. But once again, it, this is what I'm talking about that you're in a situation where you didn't perform well defensively. And. Now you're going to have to rely on your offense to really continue to add on runs because you're, you're, you're pitching. I mean, you could blow out your bullpen and hurt your bullpen for the next series, depending on what happens today. So that's the concern I had about the Mets. The other concern that I had, of course, was, as I was mentioning about with the New York Yankees, was how they were going to find a way to try and win while Aaron Judge is out. And it's got to be guys like Gleyber Torres, Gleyber Torres Homer in this game. It's got to be guys like Giancarlo Stanton, who has struggled mightily since coming back from the from the IL. It's DJ LeMahieu trying to get close to the player he was a couple of seasons ago when he was the machine. These are the it's Anthony Rizzo getting out of this slump. These are the guys, and hopefully Harrison Bader, who's supposed to come back and join the team on Tuesday uh, against Seattle. These are the guys that have to produce offensively for this Yankee team to be any good. For you to hold on and not just fall out of the race, this is what you need. These guys have to produce. They have to until Judge gets back. And even when Judge returns, they have to produce. All right? Now, here's a positive. Clark Smith seems to have turned, he seems to have found something. Over his last couple of starts, I mean, his ERA was what, 105 first part of the season? Uh, He looks like a totally different pitcher over his past couple starts. I don't know whether he's found something. I saw an article about his cutter that he's finally figured out how to, when to throw it and location and so they could be most effective. 
whatever it is, whether it's confidence because he's seen, gotten some success, he's gotten some outs, he's pitching better. And he, you need that. You know, you're not sure when Cortez is coming back. Rodon has not pitched for you at all this season. Severino will have an eye on tonight and see what he's going to do. But, you know, once again, his past couple of starts have been a concern. Domingo Herman has been outstanding for you. Tough outing on Friday, but he's been outstanding for you for the most part of the season. So, I mean, if, if Clark Smith can can give you anything, this is this is going to help you also because at least what it does, and now if you could just, he's been successful, right? So now if he can give you some length, okay, then that helps your bullpen as well because now you're not pitching your guys, the middle guys every day, especially after they follow, let's say, a Severino outing or a bad Herman outing. Now you got you know you got a rest of bullpen where you can just go to your your big your big money guys at the back end, as opposed to your middle inning guys. So it, it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks to see how both local baseball teams do and where they are when we hit the All Star break because I think that's going to determine clearly what has to be done at the trade deadline. So that's where we started out this day. On the Larry Hardesty Show on 98.7 ESPN, our Father's Day, we talked about baseball. And then we turned quickly to the NBA with Christian Winfield, who joined us. And we'll talk more about the NBA draft as we get closer. That will be Thursday night. But for me, it's just been, it's really been funny to watch. And it always happens. It always does. This is what happens this time of year. The names that you get tossed about in trades and what they want and everybody wants everybody wants the big uh multiple lots of trades right everybody wants the big we want this draft choice we want that draft choice we want this draft we want we want five five picks and we want the number one here and the number one there and the number one here and the number one there and you know somebody else and we'll make the deal and you're like uh no that's not what I'm going to do here. That's not what I'm thinking. I got to get some value. And so that's been the discussion for a little over an hour or so about what, what's going to happen as far as, right, the Knicks are concerned with where they have to go and what they're doing and some of the moves that they have to make. And so they are blessed and cursed in the fact that they have so many draft picks and a lot of teams want draft picks. But still, you can't just give them up just to be, just give them up just to, you know, because you got them, all right? You have to be able to make sure that you're getting a player that you can use. And it's got to be a player that you can use right now. So we'll see just what happens with the Knicks and the Nets, who have some free agents that they need to lock in. All right. And that's what uh, Christian Renfield was talking about when he joined us earlier. One again, and I didn't have a chance to do it. So I want to give you my thoughts on the John Morant situation. As you know, John Morant was suspended by the commissioner of the NBA for 25 games. And this stems from the second situation where he was seen with a gun. And on both occasions, it appears as though, from what we're hearing, that um, 
you know, this was a toy gun. It wasn't a real gun. Like that makes a difference. But nevertheless, and to some people, it might. All right, so uh, Wodes weighed in on it, and we'll hear from Wodes in a second uh, because I'm curious as to how they came up with the 25 games. I thought, to be honest, that it was going to be more than 25. When the commissioner of the NBA says, I'm going to delay the announcement till after the finals, I'm thinking, oh, 50 games. <laughs> That's the first thing that came into my mind. He's going to be out 50 games. But it was only 25. So Wodes explains why just 25 games for John. Well, remember, eight games last season, late in the year. And now 25 games, one jumping off point that has impact. You miss 18 games now. There's a 65-game minimum that players have to play to make All-NBA, to be MVP, to win Defensive Player of the Year. Well, he's out of consideration now, John Moran is, for any of those postseason awards. That will kick in with this new collective bargaining agreement. You know, you looked at the Miles Bridges suspension in Charlotte, 30 games. You know, you've got to find some precedent here. And for the league, I think the Players Association, if this was half the season, if this was the entire season, different scenarios people threw out, there wouldn't have been precedent for All right, so you understand it. I, I think 25 is fine. I don't think it's too much. I don't think it's too little. I think 25 is fine. If it sends the message, John Morant will make the determination whether that's enough. If it changes his behavior, if it forces him to seek out help, if it forces him to do what he needs to do to change himself and not put himself in these situations and have other people that are around him or change the people that are around him, then the 25 games will be enough. It's really he determines whether it, whether it's the right amount. Because if this happens again, I'm not sure what's going to happen with him. Renee's in the story. Renee, you got a couple of seconds. Go. Hey, how you doing today? Good, thanks. Good. Happy Father's Day, um, and I hope you're enjoying the weekend. Just wanted to chime in about the Knicks and how everyone's talking about trading for Beal mm -hmm. and whatnot. Um, well, I think right now the way the Knicks are constructed, um, they have an enormous amount of talent sitting on the bench, haven't been played. Um, so I can go through the list, but we all know who's, who's there sitting on the bench. But I think right now they should really aim for someone who's probably in that frame of um, in that youth, that age frame, that a little younger. Um, I know I have a few seconds, but I'll probably say I would forget about Dame Lillard, even though I would love to have him. Bill, he's a great player, but I would probably go for like a Towns. I'll check in for Levine um, or even um, OG. Mm -hmm. But I would go towards that route because we have a young core and we need someone to build and actually who can elevate them when it comes to the playoffs. Renee, I, I agree with you a thousand percent. I, I think that's the way they should go. Go younger. Uh, I wouldn't go older. I would, I'm not a big Zach Levine guy. Uh, I think Chicago's going to resign him anyway. They're going to run it back with them. Uh, but that, that's the move I would make. I, I agree with you a lot. That's what I would do. That wraps up this edition, the Father's Day edition of the Larry Hardesty Show. We thank you very much for joining us on this Sunday afternoon. Uh, special thanks to Christian Winfield from the Daily News who joined us as well. Tom, Joe, thank you very much. The conversation continues right here on 98.7 ESPN New York.